Oh, the other day when I was doing my um comic for Kuji Week, uh, when I was looking at the tunnel, I realized that a tunnel is like a bridge in that it connects two things, but it's underground. Oh! <laughs> you're blowing my mind! I know, I know. It's just like every time you think about something in Sarazan Mai, it just, you realize. It's all connected! It's like in the DVD commentary of episode 9 where, where Ikuhara says, Even Nyantaro's connected! <laughs> he is! This is the Cast, episode 2, The Ballad of Toy's Brother Dad. <laughs> <laughs> can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> you came up with it. You explain it. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I just remember all the stories that happened when episode two came out and that everyone seems to think Chikai's either like some mafia boss or that he's Toy's dad. Yeah, I saw a couple accounts where people were like, damn, Toy's dad can hit it. <laughs> But then you have to tell them that's his brother, and they're like, what? Yeah, it's an immediate turnoff. <laughs> oh god, he's so decrepit. Oh my god. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk about Toy's dad in this episode. Okay, Kat, who are you? Damn, if that ain't the question of the century. <laughs> my name is Kat Cross for the pronoun check. My pronouns are he and him. I do art and stuff in the fandom. I also do like trans some translation work. All of those are on my Tumblr blog, Kat Tozanmai. I am a cat boy rights activist. And my object class is Euclid. Um, and where you can find me is it's Katso on Twitter. Or you can check out my live tweet Twitter that I haven't updated in freaking forever at Let's Kyato, Let's underscore Kyato. That's basically all you need to know. If you want to know my origin story, watch episode one. <laughs> all right. And I am Faye. Just Faye. Mario Mario. <laughs> Faye Faye. Um, my pronouns are she or her. I do writing and art as I wish. It is, you know, just a hobby side thing. It's not great, but it's there. Um, I am a certified Chikai anti. Uh, object class Keter, apparently, according to Kat. I have no idea <laughs> what this is. <laughs> and um, you can find me on Twitter at Toy Money, two O's and Toy, Toy Kuji uh, on AO3. Um, content warning for my stuff be an adult and be comfortable with certain aspects of the Kuji brothers relationship. Something to that effect. Just heed the content warnings and you'll be fine. Yeah. Also, look at it. I love this little cap of me. Look, I have a cactus. I love it. It's so cute. The cactus is very important, but we're not at the cactus yet. You'll hear about it one day. Okay, so just like um, an overview of episode one. We already mentioned that Toy's first introduction in the anime is him breaking into a car with a roller, but in the novel, it, like, goes a little more into it with, like, his dynamic with the other three. So, Kazuki, right at the start of episode one, you learn that he has three rules to his life that he abides by, and only those three rules. And a little later on, we meet Enta Genai, who is a stringent follower of the rules. 
And then we meet Toy, who is introduced as the rule breaker as he is breaking into this car with a ruler. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's such an interesting dynamic for them and it, it fits them because it's like Kazuki, everything kind of centers around Kazuki because he's the main character. And then Enta is the one who supports him and just kind of follows whatever he says. Um, you know, no matter what Kazuki does, like there are times where he pushes back against Kazuki a little bit, but he's still trying to support him. And then Toy is just there, like not having any of Kazuki's shit. And then Toy's just like, fuck it. Yeah, and Toy, Toy doesn't listen to Kazuki's rules, but he does listen to Chikai's rules, the, the rules that Chikai comes up with about how the world works, and he follows them to the letter. Like, that's all he listens to. Toy said fuck the rules. Unless Chikai came up with them. Unfortunately, Chikai does not listen to those rules whatsoever. And then and then you have the ruler. The ruler. Which is like, okay, so it's, it's both uh, a means to measure distance, but also... It's sort of like a guideline of their connection. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a stretch, but it makes sense. Also, the whole distance thing. It reminds me of something that we forgot to we forgot to mention in the audio of episode one. It's Shikai's name meaning. So we explain that that toy's name means distance or far, but Shikai's name, on the other hand, means close or near. Though his kanji, it also means. Or Vow. It's such a sweet name. It's also a Nutada Hikaru song. I know. I love that song. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> Chikai's character song. If only we got a Chikai character song. Now we get to episode 2. This is where it gets fun. Okay. So there's a lot to go into in this episode, actually. Speaking of fun, family fun, waterboarding time. <laughs> the cut between Kazuki and Haruka having a cute brother moment. I mean, it's not really a brother moment, but being soft. And wholesome. <laughs> and then cut to Toy waterboarding a guy in a bathtub. Chikai is there watching um, and trying to grill this guy for information. As to how he found out Toy's route. And then in the novel, in the English version of the novel, there is a mysterious third coochie in the background. <laughs> <laughs> The third Kuji brother, little known fact. Yeah, I I checked with the Japanese version. That's like a that's basically like a straight up typo in the English version. And so that's that's the introduction you get to Chikai, which is that he is having Toy do this horrible thing. He's like literally torturing a person. Toy, remember, is fourteen years old. He is a small child. Thirteen. Thirteen years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse. He's even a smaller child. <laughs> and and then the focus goes on to Chikai taking out a ruler and threatening this guy specifically using the catchphrase, Busuto Ikuzo. So now you understand where Toy gets it from. Yeah, where Toy gets both that and the ruler from. Also, I like to think that that's just the same ruler between the two of them <laughs> because they can't afford more than one. <laughs> They're that poor. They have to share. It's proof of their connection, okay? <laughs> but yeah, and so Chikai, especially that image of Chikai when he has the ruler in hand, I mean, he just, he looks one, like, a zombie. Like, he looks so old. <laughs> and he just looks awful. And you're like, why why is Toy with this guy? Like, don't get us wrong. It's a, it's a beautifully drawn frame, but 
Like, we're talking about Chikai here. Specifically Chikai. Like, my king, you look like garbage. <laughs> um, and so then you go to where they're at the pier waiting for the ferry. And you get a little more insight into the relationship there where uh, Chikai is kind of berating Toy a little bit for messing up. Where he's like, you know, I can't always come to, like, fix things for you. And Toy is very upset with himself. He looks really sad. Um, and he's telling Chikai, like, you know, he won't mess up again. And then he wants to go with Chikai. But then Chikai just tells him he'll get in the way. And and what's interesting about this is that Toy is mentioning how he's making money for them. Um, if that's If that's what Chikai's concern is. Then he has money. But Chikai just brushes him off totally and is like, I'll rely on you at some point. He does it so sarcastically. Yeah, it's so it's so patronizing. And then he does this head pat. <laughs> the scene that spawned an entire sub-fandom. Oh, yeah. And, and the way Mickey draws it is just so cute. We'll get to that, though. We're not there yet. <laughs> but then, in the manga, there's this added line that was apparently cut out um, from the anime, where Chikai says... I'll come back for you while he's leaving. <laughs> and it killed the whole Japanese fandom. I don't think it was like cut out from the anime or anything because it also wasn't in the novel, but it's it's just a wonderful addition to the manga. Thank you, Miki. <laughs> it hurts so much. <laughs> I love I love how the Kuji fandom will take any small tidbit and just go wild. Yeah, we'll take any scraps we get. But then the head fat in the manga also is so much more detailed like you can see the way that uh chikai ruffles toy's hair and then it's all messed up and look at how cute please look at how cute and then the novel talks about uh how hold on i have the novel right here oh, i have the, the bible, bible with me <laughs> the suit clad man tousled toy's hair uh, taus tousled <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce words and then it says, he should have batted the man's hand away and told him, I'm not a kid anymore, but Toy can never bring himself to do that. Aww. But then in the manga, like, he says that and he's like, oh no, I'm not a kid. And he feels like so patronized from it. But then he does that. He pats his own freaking head. God, it's so sad. <sighs> and it's, it's, it's like, I'm sure that that's the only physical affection that goes between them, you know, like that. Toy gets nothing from Chikai. It's probably just the head pat, and Toy has to appreciate that. Toy's so fucking desperate. Oh my god. <laughs> really? This, this poor boy. Give him the fucking head pats, Aniki. Oh man, we should put <laughs> from the stage play that, that bromide they had. Oh yeah! <laughs> the one where Chikai's just fucking uh, hover handing Toy, and Toy's just looking at him. <laughs> Like, so sad. Give him the fucking head pats, Aniki. Good lord. And then we get to uh, the main scene of episode two, the most important scene. The weed room. <laughs> the weed room. With that fucking musical sting. <laughs> it sounds It sounds like the freaking Valve logo. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Oh god, there's just so much in this scene also, especially because Miggy adds more. I mean, it's there in the novel too. So I guess we should start with the atmospheric aspect of it is that the the weed room is like cast in a purple light. And I'm sure that's like accurate to growing weed. I don't know. If anyone would know, it would be Ikuhara. Yes, it, yes. 
But also the fact that Toy mentions the purple light specifically in his character song. I feel like it's kind of important, especially because their colors, red and blue, you know, they make purple. That's cute. What's less cute is Toy mentioning that on his way to work, he passes by Hanayashiki and he can hear the voices of children laughing and screaming from the other side of a wall. Children experiencing childhood while Toy goes to bagweed. While Toy goes to his naughty boy work. And then in the in the novel and in the manga, there's some more detail to that. Chikai is giving Toy rules. Uh, only settle the clients I send your way, never meet them face to face, etc. Which is really interesting because it tells you that Chikai has, it's not, this is not Toy's doing. Chikai has set him up with this whole thing and is delivering clients to him. Um, and is making sure that Toy never meets with them. It's like Toy wanting independence, but Chikai is like, okay, you can have a little crime as a treat, but then, like, he's monitoring the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, the fact that Chikai sees this as, like, something for a child to do when weed is super illegal in Japan. The fact that this is child's play to Chikai, it makes you wonder, like, how dangerous his job actually is. Mm -hmm. The fact that he doesn't want Toy to, like, come along with him on his crime adventures. Yeah, like, it, it has to be significantly more dangerous. Do you think Toy watches Loop on the 3rd and he's like, damn, I wonder <laughs> if this is what Nissan is up to? Yeah. <laughs> Toy watches <laughs> Mafia movies. He watches The Godfather and he's like, wow, <laughs> this is so realistic. I want to put a horse head in someone's bed. <laughs> but then an interesting connection between sort of Toy, Toy as the rule breaker comes up in the manga where... Toy is thinking like he always stuck to Chikai's rules that he gave him, but he still messed up. And it's less like he messed up and more that like the rules just sort of failed him. Like, But Toy still blames himself for it. This is, the rules are basically don't talk to strangers, <laughs> kid. And like we were talking about the novel. Um, there's also a point where he's like doing all these button presses with the elevator. And like it notes that... Uh, He'd seen his brother do the same long ago, and he asked the purpose of it. His brother responded, this way they won't be able to follow you. Now he didn't even have to think about it. His body just moved automatically. It was little habits like this that made Toy feel connected to his brother. No. Uh... I hate it. <laughs> I mean, Toy really looks for connection in anything. Like, he's so desperate for connection. And he just does the same thing, like, even having... Even pressing elevator buttons like him. Yeah, he- oh my god. It's so painful. It hurts so much. He is so deprived, this poor child. But then we get to the Toy's Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Toy's depressed demon boy, Kazuki. <laughs> and thus begins the Kazuki and Chikai parallels. <laughs> Ikuhara is the Freud of our time. Yeah, truly. <laughs> and that's why we must destroy him. And and Kat's wonderful art, which pretty much describes Toy at all times, going, wow, this reminds me of me and my brother. And there is an interesting sort of comparison between Kazuki and Chikai. Just in this episode alone, the way that Chikai acts toward Toy with this sort of coldness, aloofness, like just kind of giving him the bare minimum of attention and then leaving and that's pretty much how Kazuki treats Haruka in this episode. Like, it's very small little actions the way that Kazuki doesn't eat breakfast with his family and then immediately leaves. And then Haruka is chasing after him, trying to go be with him. 
um, and essentially trying to connect with him, being like, oh, you like Sawa too? I love her. Just trying to find anything, and then Kazuki just totally shuts him down every single time, just being an awful Michan. <laughs> this boy! <laughs> but then you see later in the episode that is like he talks about Haruka like his precious little brother. Like he's really trying, but he just, he's so stupid. He has brain worms. He can't. And it, it's it's so interesting how the way that he tells Toy how much he cares about Haruka is at Hanayashiki, which will be relevant later when it comes to Chikai. Keep that in your head. Keep all of this in your head. Especially that image that I made. Because it will come up a lot. Speaking yeah. of that, there was a Seiyu event that we only have, like, secondhand accounts of because it wasn't recorded, you fuckers. But, like, Rayo and Toy have the very rare interaction where they, I'm pretty sure they're, like, chasing Nyantaro, and it's also at Hanayashiki. And Rayo's going, like, I love cats, and cats love me, and why won't Mabu love me? <laughs> and Toy's like, are we still talking about the cat? Yeah, and then Toy's like, wow, this reminds me of me and my brother. It, yeah, it's such an interesting set of the way Rayo is talking about how he's always chasing this cat um, and how he knows the cat loves him and he loves the cat, but he can't understand why the cat won't just be with him. <laughs> and Toy's like, wow, this reminds me of me and my brother. And it actually it is a really interesting, I think, like a reference to this episode where toy is literally chasing a cat <laughs> him and kazuki are chasing nyantaro through uh hanayashiki while they're holding hands on a fake date also like uh important to note that kazuki sort of unintentionally dragging toy into hanayashiki where like a couple minutes before he was like completely walled off from like the childhood joy that hanayashiki sort of represents but then he's dragged into mm -hmm. it with freaking brain worms over here. Yeah, Kazuki's like forcing Toy to enter this world of like childhood shenanigans. Chasing a cat with a bag of weed. <laughs> Rather than the horrible waterboarding world that Chikai has dragged him into. But yeah, it seems pretty clear that, you know, Toy sees this as he's pretty much like, oh yeah, I actually understand how Rayo feels. Like he feels like he's chasing Chikai, but Chikai keeps running away from him. And he, at some level, he thinks that Chikai must feel the same way about him, like that Chikai cares about him and that he cares about Chikai, but he still can't understand why Chikai acts so cold to him. And like that whole event, it ended up reminding me of this part in Penguin Drum in episode 20. Himari and Sanatoshi are talking and he brings up a story about love where he says, if you chase love, it'll run. If you run, you'll be chased. Things were going so well, but things end just like that. It ran away. And then he asks her like what she would do. And she says, I would just stop running because I'd get tired. And it's like, it's fine. I won't fall in love then. An interesting line in this conversation where she's saying, if I kept kissing without the fruit, I'd end up empty. And then he asked, what's wrong with being empty? And she said, if you become empty, you'll be thrown away. So it's like a lot of these ideas from Penguin Drum kind of come up in the Kuji story. And it's like, uh, my it's sort of like a spiritual successor to Penguin Drum in a lot of ways. Like even, even in the goofy Seiyu event. Mm-hmm. And a successor to Garfield 2, 
Tale of Two Kittens. And also The Godfather Part 3. <laughs> and Digimon Adventures 1 and 2. Because without saying. Uh, what else is it a sequel to? Yokai Watch. <laughs> Chips. <laughs> Ryu and Mabu are basically freaking Ikuhara's gay chips tragedy fan fiction. I love how Ikuhara probably watches these buddy cop movies and is always like, they should be gay. Yeah, they should be gay and also tragic. Thank you, Ikuni. I agree. Thank you for your self-indulgence. Let's see, I'm trying to think, is that all we have to say about Catboy rights? Yeah, I guess that's all we can really say on that slide. It's so hard because we're like, we can connect this to future episodes, but... But it's better to talk about them when those episodes actually come up. But we can talk about this week in the Kuji fandom, because things are always happening. <laughs> things are always happening in the Kuji fandom. If you think the Sadazan My fandom is dead, just look at the Kuji fandom. They're always doing some shit. They're like so busy right now, especially. they Like every single Kuji artist is involved in multiple projects going on. Yeah, like a couple days ago, there were previews released for this fan anthology called Kuji Gohan which is an entire anthology about the Kujis with food. And the size of this thing, it is big enough to like beat someone to death with it. You could use it as a doorstop. It's a literal brick. You can make a house out of it and then present it to Chikai, and it would probably be better than whatever he's staying in. This man lives in a storage unit. Oh, and we also had Kuji Week, and that was very fun. Um, it was just a, you know, a time where everyone got to celebrate the Kujis and make stuff for them. I guess it's technically still going on, <laughs> just for a couple more days. And I've barely made anything for it because I've been tired, but, you know. There there are no time limits for Kuji Week. Kuji Week lasts forever in our hearts. That's why we chose the hashtag Kuji Week 2020, because we expect it to continue. <laughs> Next year. This time. Actually, probably, I don't know. Maybe a different time of the year. We'll see. But next year, it will happen again. We'll still be here. Don't worry. The only the only definites in life are death, taxes, Kuji Week, and... Simpsons episodes. <laughs> God bless you, Faye. <laughs> and then we finally got the image, the actual image released for Chikai's birthday event. Or I guess kind of it's kind of a combination event between Toy's birthday and Chikai's birthday where you have to go to both in order to get these special things, which is like the ultimate scam. Truly amazing. <laughs> Truly fitting for Chikai's birthday. <laughs> it's so cute. And we should we should have a picture of them here because it's really adorable. It's it's a uh, 10 year old toy, 21 year old Chikai. It's really oh cute. Oh my god, they're so cute. And they're happy. I can't even believe that we got merch of, of when they're happy and cute. It's amazing. I want I want merch of that so bad, but I just I just know it is no. gonna be the most pain in the ass thing to get because like Chikai merch, it's either like at a very specific event or it's part of a blind bag, so you can't really buy it directly. Mm -hmm. Which for an overseas fan such as myself is such a Chikai move. Yeah, he either comes like in a box set. So you have to get literally everyone else, the whole cast, which is usually like $70 <laughs> if you just want Chikai. Or yeah, at a special event. <laughs> and I'm sure we don't even know what merch is going to be at Chikai's event. I don't think they've announced it yet. They, they're they like implying there's some surprise or whatever. I love how Chikai, of all characters, gets his own birthday event. I know, we don't even know like Haruka's birthday. 
or Otona's birthday, or Enta's grandma's birthday, or any other side <laughs> character, but Shikai just happens to be the one that gets all the attention. He gets a birthday, and not only that, he didn't have a birthday cafe event last year, but he gets one this year. All he got last year was, like, a birthday announcement, which was still, like, more than the other side characters, but, like, damn. It's ridiculous. We're gonna talk about that one day in depth. The rise of Chikai. <laughs> Did they even plan it from the start? Because like we got the we got the character profiles and he was included in those and he's also on like the website instead of the other secondary characters. So like he was clearly important to the staff, but not enough to get like merch at first. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like it was kind of a belated thing. Like they right after the show ended is kind of when they realized it. And I don't, I wonder how long they had the drama CDs planned because Chikai does feature a lot in the drama CDs, weirdly. So I wonder if they knew or if that was like, they realized the fan reaction and added more Chikai in. Or if they just had Sudaken and were like, we should use him. I'm thinking it was like more of a planned thing because Chikai's just a fun character. He He's a, he's an absolute dumbass in the worst way, but also he's a stupid, goofy man. Yeah, you can make him goofy somehow. And you can make comedy out of this stupid shithead. God, I hate him. And his stupid freaking lollipop obsession. I'm gonna cover all of them in wasabi. 